You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is The Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged. And let your light shine. This is only my second time opening my first time solo, and I can never remember what Beth says. You'd think after four seasons, you'd have some idea. So welcome, podcast listeners. This is... Oh, I'll just leave it to you. You (laughs) should do it. (laughs) Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. This is Kate. And that's all. It's just me today. (laughs) If you're listening for another voice, it's my first time interviewing on my own. So here we go. We are presently working through our women's conference sessions. So last week we began with Becky Osborne, and this week we are introducing Marta Akers' women's conference session. But I will introduce Marta quickly because Beth is a better planner and more organized than myself. Should I try? You can try. I'll try. You'll do well. Marta Aker has been at the upper room for 46 years. If you have been here for any span of time, you have met or know Marta. She has been married to Greg, who is one of our elders here at the upper room for 44 years. They have two kids, Sean and Leslie, and three grandkids. Greg and Marta are two of our upper room powerhouses. They are everywhere and do everything. And if you know them, you have seen that. And also, if you know them, you love them. To know them is to love Greg and Marta. They are a wealth of wisdom and discernment and insight and learning. When we were walking through ideas for who to teach our women's sessions, it was definitely Marta who came to mind, and she has done those in the past, so she continues to share her wealth. This year, tell me your topic. What are we talking about? The 15 spiritual blessings you have in Christ from Ephesians 1. What do you say we jump in? So I, I work at having a devotional in the mornings each day. I will admit that it doesn't always happen, but I work at it, and so I read through the Bible from front to back, and so I was beginning Ephesians. It starts out by Paul saying, he starts this letter to the church of Ephesus by saying, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Every spiritual blessing jumped off the page at me as I read that, and I thought, I have to look this up. I didn't even finish reading Ephesians 1 right then. (laughs) And I ran across an article by a pastor, and it just really spoke to me. The Greek word for blessing is eluga, and it means benefit. So these spiritual blessings, these benefits Paul referred to weren't just nice ideas. Mm -hmm. They were realities to him that were attached to real benefits when he lived in them and through them. And ultimately, we live in and through them as we live in Christ, and it's helpful to break down what that actually means. 
Paul does this through verses 4 through 19 and shares 15 different spiritual blessings. And in my workshop, I was going to have us read that out loud. I'm not going to do that here. Pause if you want to and read Ephesians 1. Yes. Paul declares over us that because we are united with Christ, we have all the benefits of knowing God. We have been chosen for salvation and adopted as his children and forgiven. God gives us insight into his word, the gifts of the Spirit, power to do his will, the hope of living forever with Christ. Because we have an intimate relationship with Christ, we can enjoy these eternal blessings now. I was going to go ahead and jump into them, the 15 different things. If I was going to do my workshop, there's a couple places where I was going to ask people to actually write. And I want to encourage the people who are listening that you could take notes and write down the 15 different titles of each section. And then if you happen to be listening and you don't know Christ, there's actually an opportunity to ask Jesus into your heart. And there's also kind of what we would call an activation where you could write something down and when we're all done, take it and just present it before Jesus' feet release that. And you could actually, if you wanted to, take it outside and burn it Mm. and be set free from some things. You were just saying, you know, those are the things, they're real. We're able to live in them now. Mm -hmm. And they're not only things that we get to walk in eternally, they're things that we get to live in now. At the upper room, I think we keep going back to this idea of the kingdom. Isn't that so the kingdom of God, where it is future kingdom of God, but it's also present mm-hmm. kingdom of God. Yeah, he wants us to read the word, but he wants us to believe what we've read. And I, I personally have to slow down really slow in order to catch that. I often wonder, where does Chris get all the insight that Chris gets? When I was in a Bible study group, somebody had a life application study Bible, and the footnotes there were just awakening to me. Mm. They just changed. I mean, I'd walked with the Lord for 25 plus years, and having those footnotes on the bottom of the Bible were huge. And so, you know, we read these words and we say these words, but the question is, is do we believe these words? And if we do, we'll live differently. And so the theme of the conference was Thrive. Yes. And as I was working, as I had just discovered this, Chris had spoken about it in one of his sermons. So Chris had just referenced Ephesians 1. The first blessing is we are chosen before the foundation of the world. So that's number one. To know you've been chosen before the foundation of the world is to know that your life matters, Mm -hmm. that your existence isn't an accident or a byproduct of natural selection. God has been thinking about your destiny before he ever said, let there be light. And my footnotes said that God chose us to make the point that salvation depends totally on God, not on us. Point number two was that we are holy and blameless, and that's found in verse four. In Christ, you are holy and blameless. That means you're fit to serve him and worship him despite your shortcomings. Even when I read that now, it's like, thank you, Lord, (laughs) because I have a lot of shortcomings. God enjoys you when you approach him, and he does. He's very glad. He gladly moves through your life to touch others, not because of your own righteousness, but because of the righteousness of Christ that has been attributed to you. So my footnotes said that in Christ, by his sacrifice, we are each holy and blameless, and God looks at us as if we've never sinned. 
So do we acknowledge or believe that? I mean, that's what the word says. Do we believe that? Can we accept that? He forgives us. Can we forgive ourselves? He forgives us. Can we rest in that? And I feel like this one in particular is very difficult. I think if you have been inside of religion for a long time, because I feel like a lot of the history of religion is very much you are dirty, you're a sinner. And even when you say, well, Jesus come into my life, you know, Jesus make me new, that mental shift from going, I am a sinner, into I am holy and blameless. And like you were saying, your footnotes said, it is as if we've never sinned. Mm -hmm. That shift, I feel like a lot of religion is is missing. And mm -hmm. we kind of sit in the... And we lack the power that he offers. Oh, I think that because we refuse to make the shift, we end up missing mm -hmm. the power. Refuse to make the shift in belief. But being willing to step into that holiness and that blamelessness that Jesus gives us as a gift, as a benefit, embracing that lets us step into the power that the Holy Spirit has for us then. But how many of us embrace that, mm -hmm. that benefit? I was like, that's an algae one sometimes. Sorry. Number three. That's good. <laughs> yeah, number three. So we're in his love. In Christ, you stand in agape or unconditional love. And agape means selfless, sacrificial, a love of choice, not of obligation. Unconditional. There's no condition that's going to stop him from loving you. You cannot earn it. Today, you are unconditionally loved in Christ. Those of you who are out there listening, you are unconditionally loved in Christ today. Mm. And the question is, is, do you receive that? And do you want to make that confession today? If you haven't, Jesus, I receive your unconditional love. And you can, if you're out there listening, you can do that. You can ask Jesus, be received by him. You want his unconditional love. So my footnotes said that God sees us wrapped into Christ, that he wraps himself around us. In Romans 5.8, it says, But God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. When you hear that, how does that make you feel? If I was teaching the class, I would have asked, does anyone need prayer? <laughs> Did anyone say that? Jesus, I receive your unconditional love for the first time. And I just say that if you're out there and you did that, call us at the upper room or shoot us an email, youarefellowship.com. We'd love to talk to you. All we can do is express our thanks for his wonderful love. And just to express too, I think sometimes the idea kind of gets lost when we're talking about like such massive love, mm -hmm. the idea that that includes like. God doesn't just love you, he likes you. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it feels like, because that love is so big, sometimes it feels like, yeah, well, he can love me, but he doesn't like me. <laughs> but just to express that, that love is both. It is a love and it's a like. <laughs> so we were predestined to adoption is number four in verse five. God has predestined to call us his own in Christ. He has selected us to be his son or daughter. And we are each a part of his family. He is our father. He decided to adopt you. You know, and some of you might be sitting out there thinking, well, he didn't adopt me. 
he does. He loves everyone. His word is that wish that every knee would bow and every tongue would confess him as Lord. And so he's just waiting. He's not being pushy, but he has adopted us. Believers, people who have asked him into their life, are now in Christ, and that impacts or should impact every aspect of the believer's identity. We exist in personal, energized relationship of unity with the risen Christ. And this identity is crucial to our ongoing struggle over spiritual darkness, maintaining Christian unity, overcoming former lifestyles, and living as God has called us to live. That's a big mouthful. We could sit and unwrap that (laughs) for like a month. (laughs) But I think what is so poignant about that is that as we're adopted into the family and become children, an understanding of who you are in God's family and where you belong fixes so many things. Like fixes you were just so saying, many things. To be able to stand against spiritual darkness. Mm-hmm. If you have kind of embraced that truth, you can stand. It, it brings unity within the body. If we understand we all have roles and places as family together, mm-hmm. Salvation is God's work. It's not ours. Mm. And through Jesus' sacrifice, he has brought us into his family, made us heirs along with Jesus, and he did this on purpose for his own pleasure. He delights in us. He wants us. He loves us. And even when we feel unlovable, we're not. Because number five says we're accepted in the beloved We are not rejected. We are not an outcast. We are not unworthy of his approval. The creator of the universe accepts us in Christ, and we have been relationally reconciled in Christ and are pleasing to God. We might not have health in all of our relationships currently. In Christ, there is nothing between you and him today when we belong to him. Mm Mm-hmm. In my footnote says, Paul uses this language to show how strongly we are related to God through Christ and how strongly God desires a relationship with us. And I wrote down, wow, how good does that feel? And then I ask, have you ever entered into this loving bond with him? Is there anyone out there who wants to ask Jesus into their life? And you could kind of do that very simply by going back to what we said before, Jesus, I receive your unconditional love. Mm -hmm. And again, we'd encourage you at that point to maybe give us a call at the upper room or reach out so that we can work with you on that more. We make these statements, and I can kind of hear in the back of my mind some arguments with that. (laughs) The enemy always wants to come in and try and argue with us. Right? (laughs) And if it's not the enemy, it's people who are saying, well, well, if it if that or if this i think that if we can learn that we are we can accept that we are accepted in the beloved you were just saying you know we might not all be in these perfect relationships or you know we might not be acting perfectly all the time <laughs> but when we understand we're accepted in the beloved the desire to work towards those things i i feel like that's what that's what's so beautiful cuz like our heart then is to to work towards the healthy relationships, work towards our personal health, the health of those around us. Because like you were just saying, like, wow, is this crazy? Like God is so good and so kind that we kind of want to, in in the same way, respond and see 
that happen around us as well. Mm -hmm. You know, it makes me think it's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. And so being accepted in the beloved is is perfect kindness to Mm -hmm. us. So good. Amen. Number six is we have redemption through his blood in verse seven. Outside of Christ, we were slaves to sin and eternal death. We couldn't buy or earn our way out of it. And the price for our freedom was Jesus' precious blood. Jesus wasn't a slave. He was already free. He paid for my freedom, your freedom, because he chose to do that. Redemption is the price paid to gain freedom. So number seven is the forgiveness of sins. So in your life, if you've turned your back on God morally, which we've all done things that we wish we wouldn't have, we have consciously rebelled against his law in our heart. And we've ignored his wisdom and thought ourselves to be wiser many a time. In Christ, Mm. if we've asked him in, we are forgiven today. We are forgiven on the basis of the shedding of his blood. He died as a perfect and final sacrifice. And if there's something or someone or some ones or things you wish to be forgiven of or forgive, I encourage you to write them on a piece of paper and we'll deal with those later. Forgiveness is a huge key. To be forgiven and to forgive others is just monumental. Mm Mm-hmm. Number eight says the riches of his grace abound to us. In verses seven and eight, grace means unmerited favor. Abound means to have abundance. And in Christ, there is an abundant measure of unmerited favor flowing into your life like a river that lasts from here into never-ending depths of eternity. We have been freed from every restraint everything that could hold us back so that we can live fully and become all that he intends us to be. And I wrote in big, big letters, it is absolutely imperative that you, I, we all believe this. Mm -hmm. It is life-changing. And, you know, you may not get it right away, but if you believe it in one area, you're going to work your way through and begin to believe it in other areas. So number nine in verse nine is we've been made known to you the mystery of his will. I had to think about that one. In a fallen world of war, suffering, and disease, a sinful world where bad things happen to good people, God has revealed his solution to us. He wrapped up every answer to every aspect of human condition in Christ, and he gave it to us. He, God, wrapped up every answer to every aspect of the human condition, and he, he, God, gave us Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. Mm. His plan could not be fully understood until Christ rose from the dead, my footnote said. Did the disciples fully comprehend who Jesus was? You know, so do we fully comprehend who Jesus was? But they did once he resurrected. They got it. You know, I kind of wrote another little note. So don't always beat yourself up if you sometimes fall short on that. But realize that's what he wants you to know Mm -hmm. so that we can thrive. That was the title of the conference was Thrive. And he wants us to thrive. If If we begin to work on these things and believe these things that he's given us, we are going to begin to thrive. Mm -hmm. So good. 
Number 10 is we've obtained an eternal inheritance. Revelations 21.4 describes heaven in the following manner, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, no more sorrow, no more crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. God had and still has a purpose and a plan. You know, even in light of everything that's going on in the world today, you know, we just keep our eyes where they belong. (laughs) Don't give up. We just came out of an elders meeting and we're just talking about the power and the necessity of a fixed gaze, Mm -hmm. looking at the right thing, Mm -hmm. which in the time that we live in the place that we are is becoming more and more and more difficult to keep your gaze in the right spot. And that is so good. And when you don't, you, you just shatter in a million little pieces in a puddle on the floor. You just have to keep your gaze fixed there, that in eternal inheritance. So number 11 is heard the word of truth in verse 13. God's truth is light in the darkness. You know, we pray that all the time. We, we sing songs to that. Yeah. We are not without counsel. We are not left in the dark. Yes. We have heard his good news mm-hmm. and discovered his path of life. God gave and still gives us the Holy Spirit. He's there when we ask Jesus in, but if we have to ask for more of him. God wants us to ask for more of the Holy Spirit to function in our life. Oh, I love that. And I think that that is such a profound statement because if he even said, you know, you have not because you ask not when we as people begin to lose sight, lose gaze, lose focus, lose hope. It's so easy to step out of asking for things in prayer, hoping for things in Mm -hmm. prayer without the fixed gaze, without the focus or the hope of like, these are possibilities, or we need more of the Holy Spirit. If you're mm-hmm. believing, mm-hmm. and He's He's the truth, so when we ask, we're asking the truth yes. for the truth, right? So number twelve is we're sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. The promise of the Holy Spirit was prophesied about in Isaiah, Ezekiel, Zechariah, Joel, and John the Baptist, but Jesus has been made available to you today. God gives the Holy Spirit to us as a guarantee, confirming that we belong to Him and that He will do what He has promised, like a down payment, a deposit, a validation signature on God's contract. The presence of the Holy Spirit in us demonstrates the genuineness of our faith and proves that we are God's children and secures eternal life for us. His power works in us to transform us. And what we experience now is a taste of the total change we will experience in eternity. It's just a taste. If you listen to Dylan's podcast a couple of weeks ago, he was talking about the difference between living a life where he is he was saved mm-hmm. and then living a life where he was saved and had the baptism of the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. when the Holy Spirit began to come alive to him in Mm -hmm. his life and the difference Mm -hmm. that makes to his his living daily and how that's affected him. So, yes. And it doesn't necessarily happen overnight. Like for Dylan, he saw the power of the Holy Spirit function on his mom five years ago, maybe, you know, and he still walks through the choices that he was making, having that in the back of his mind, pondering that, and at the right time, through the right circumstances, and sometimes we go through bad circumstances until we realize that 
that we really need to make a change. And he's right there ready to just wrap his arms around us and love us Mm -hmm. and give us what we need because Mm -hmm. he loves us, his kindness that you mentioned earlier. Number 13 says, we know the hope of his calling. His calling over our life is the basket that we can put all of our eggs in. It's an anchor. It's a rock. It will never end in vain. My footnotes for verse 18 said, he's the bread of life, the sustenance, supporting of life. It's not my strength or our strength. The hope we have is not a vague feeling that the future will be positive, but it's a complete assurance of certain victories through Christ. This complete certainty comes to us through the Holy Spirit who is working in us have the fullness of him filling us with the right bread. <laughs> and and it's, it's not us. Even just coming here today, you know, I want to, you want it to be all good and all right. And it's like, I can't do this. <laughs> I cannot do this. I'm not good at this. And I just had to sit down and just stop and just say, okay, God, all the things that are on my plate today, they're yours. They're mm. not mine. You orchestrate them, I cannot. And I get filled with peace, and then I know that I have hope that everything that bothers me, I have hope. I can put them in his basket, and he will He will be the strength that I need. Yes. Not me, because I can't do it. <laughs> and I love that you share that as a, as a felt experience. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not, oh, I know in my head no. that God's going to be good today, or I, I think it's going to be fine. But you sat in it. And, and I find I have to do that more here even lately, with, especially with all that's going on. One can lose that focus and you just have to stop and, and recenter, just like your GPS on your car. <laughs> yeah. Hit recenter. <laughs> but you keep saying it. It's not just what we're reading or it's not just what we're saying. Like this is a relationship, it is an experience where it's not just, oh, throw it out, hope goes well today, you know, feeling a little anxious. It's you inviting the Holy Spirit into all of your moments and then experiencing the hope Mm -hmm. or the peace. So number 14 says that you are the riches of his inheritance, verse 18. You are of great value to Jesus as Christ brought you back to God. God gives you back to Jesus as his inheritance and dividend. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are his eternal reward that he cherishes. Eternity with the Lord is a future gift that we, each believer, can anticipate in this life, yet will not experience it until after this life. We have this rich inheritance, and we can know that and walk in that, but we don't get to experience it till later. But we can be at peace in that. And we are the exceeding greatness of his power, verses 19 and 20. Paul says that the exceeding greatness of his power is towards us who believe. What kind of power is this? It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead. It's the same power that conquered sin, death, and hell. In Christ, this same power is present in your life today. My footnotes say, the world fears the power of the atom, yet we belong to the God of the universe who not only created the atomic power, but also raised Jesus from the dead. God's incomparable great power is available to help you. There is nothing, absolutely nothing, too difficult for him. As Kate and I sit here, they're going to be walking through some difficult things. I personally am walking through a 
a tiny challenge, and there's nothing too difficult for him. So at the end, the question is, we have these 15 blessings, spiritual blessings, as we belong to Christ. The end is, we have just one question. Do you feel blessed today with all these blessings? So I ask you out there in podcast world, do you feel blessed today? And I encourage you to read through those and think through those. Again, if you've asked Jesus into your heart at some point, I encourage you to reach out. And if you wrote something down on a piece of paper that you want to deal with, I encourage you to take time and talk to the Lord about that. Take it outside, light it on fire. So thanks for- I love a good activation. (laughs) Sometimes they're so powerful, processing stuff well. So we pray that there's some things in there that bless your day because the word is true. And if you're like me and you, you have to really dig deep to understand those things, don't be afraid to look other things up, know your sources and, and keep pressing into him because he wants you to thrive. I feel <laughs> that is so much jammed into like a half an hour. <laughs> I had a worksheet, you know, and we were going to work on a worksheet. Oh, I know, but it's just, it's amazing. I mean, we can talk about it, but I feel like this is so good because it gives so much for people to process, you know, on their own for growth. <laughs> yeah. I know that you have to get going, but I feel like there we could talk about so many things. But thank you so much for your time and for being willing to do this, even though it is not the most comfortable <laughs> thing, but for giving people the opportunity to hear this, to process it more fully on their own, even though we couldn't have the conference this year, but giving people the opportunity to hear the content. Thank you. Thank you. And I will listen to this myself. (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel like you can leave Ephesians 1 without an attitude adjustment. (laughs) Right. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that is wonderful. Thank you. Well, hey, everyone, thanks so much for tuning in to listen. And I'll just encourage you to tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Bye.